Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Milkman Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Red, and I'm joined, as always, by Casey. And we're currently watching two Monday night football games right now, kind of living the dream. So uh, if we kind of get a little distracted here, please forgive us. But Casey, how are you doing tonight? I mean, I'm glad there's two football games on for Monday, so that's cool. But I wish Cam Newton was playing because I've got him in like three leagues. So, Oh, way to wish COVID on the rest of the league. Good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... He's going to be out probably for a couple of weeks with this COVID thing. So, because he's got to be able to test negative and he's got to test negative after two weeks or something. I don't know. So, I'm kind of anticipating him being out for at least this game and the next game. And then we'll see after that. Well, at least you don't have to decide which quarterback to go with. I think uh, Hoyer threw himself out of the game. They had Sidham in at quarterback right now. Yeah, Sidham was kind of getting the ball moving a little bit better, but um, Hoyer's. He's probably not going to be the starter next week. He's, I mean, Stidham's not exactly lighting it up either. He's got two interceptions, but I mean, at least they were able to score with him in the game. Um, so far, Damian Harris, I mean, maybe it's because Cam Newton's not there too. So he's like their best power runner probably on the team right now. Um, maybe this is a sign of things to come. I was a big fan of Damian Harris and then he got hurt. And I think that just kind of really messed things up. But it's not like, James White or Burkhead have taken over. Uh, I mean, James White has his role, but he's not ever really going to be the lead back. Burkhead pitches in when they need him to. And Sony Michelle just went on IR today. So Damian Harris is probably going to be the top ad this week. I did not see uh, Michelle going on IR. That's that's a big bump in Harris. If he's in free agency, that's got to be your for one on the waiver wire. Well, you got to remember injured reserve this year is weird because you can put a guy on IR for like three weeks, you know, so – um, Bye weeks are starting next week. He's number one for me. Yeah, still, I would say even all things considered, I would still say that Damian Harris is going to be one of the top ads this week for sure. Him and, and there's one other person, but he'll be coming up in one of the games we talk about. Yeah. There, we'll have Josh on next time to talk injuries because there was plenty of them. With I don't like Josh. Players. He gives me bad news about my players. Yeah, right. That's all he does is just bring bad news. Why do we even have him come on? We're going to call him Bad News Josh. Bad news, Josh. I like that. I actually like that too. We should stick with that. And then when we have your brother on there, we can actually differentiate between the two. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, there will be two Joshes. So there's going to be bad news, Josh, and probably drunk Josh. Probably, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah, probably drunk Josh. We'll we go with call, both Josh. We call good news, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> what are they, the angel and the devil? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I cannot wait till we have them on a podcast together. That's going to have to be off-season when we talk rookies. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, um, let's get this started. We got, what, 13 games to talk about and two in progress? Yeah, we've already talked about the Broncos and Jets game from Thursday Night Football. So Yeah, we wasted everybody's time on that already. It was actually a higher-scoring game than we expected. It was just kind of like a weird fantasy game just because of Denver's QB situation, all the receivers getting hurt. The Jets have, excuse me, having like next to nobody. You know, before we get into the games, we do actually, I guess we'll talk about the team later, but we should absolutely address that Bill O'Brien got fired today. I love it. 
I absolutely love it. I don't uh, care who's coming in to coach it. It can't be worse than what the situation is. The play calling was horrible. It's it's just weird to see like they let him trade away DeAndre Hopkins, trade away their first and second round picks for like two years, and four games in, then they're like, okay, now we've seen enough. Like I feel like everyone was already going, yo, man, how do you trade DeAndre Hopkins? How do you trade all these picks away? You know? Um it was just it was just weird to see like the fact that he went from being head coach and then he's got the GM title and then he was saying today how he was going to start taking over the play calling duties and so that's I, probably why they fired him. Yeah, I don't think that he's like I don't like I don't I wouldn't take it as like he's just one guy trying to consolidate power selfishly for himself. My guess is that he just has a very specific like like he has a way that he wants to do it and instead of relying on other people to help him get there he just goes, you know, screw it. I don't need them. I'll just do it myself. And like, you could, you have to do that in certain times. Like if you're a leader of, especially like a football team with other grown men and coaches and stuff that you have to manage. But like, there's sometimes where you just got to step in and do that, but you really need to empower your assistants. You need to be empowering other people. You need to be working symbiotically with other people. And so if it's just going to become this thing of we're doing it my way, and if that means that I have to run the front office and run the coach the team, then so be it. It's like that's just probably overall, not just for the Texans, but that's not a good dynamic probably for anyone to have, you know, even outside of football. So it's, you know, it's weird to see, but I think that's going to be a very highly coveted job. They're going to say, oh, well, there's no first or second round pick. Yeah, but – soon as the draft is over, they'll have another first and second round pick in the next draft. So it's not going to last that long. Um, in O'Brien's defense, he did go against Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh weeks one through three. Yeah but, if you're, if you're, yeah, but if you're an elite team, though, which you're supposed to be, like, you got to you gotta win those tough games. You know what I mean? You can't say that you had a tough schedule or that, you know, your offensive line had an injury or whatever, like, this, yep. Everyone Who's else is dealing. Everyone else is dealing with something like that to a degree. It's pre, it's pretty rare that a team comes into the season with just zero problems. Like we just feel hundred percent comfortable about our entire roster and all of our depth and all of our coaches and everything considered. Like no, everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. Is what makes the the NFL so unique. So at the end of the day, you got to stop pointing fingers and you got to, you know take some responsibility, accountability, and that's why head coaches get, you know, fired every couple of years. It's so common to see coaches only last three, five years, and it's because when heads got a role, the first head that, okay, well, you got hired to be the head coach, but you also got hot. Like, part of that is you're the fall guy. Like, it's not that you're you're the, like, that's the situation every time, but in terms of somebody has to be held responsible for the team not winning games, who's it going to be? It's the head coach. So if you don't win enough games, it doesn't matter if you try hard or this or that. If you don't win games, you like time to move on. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be really interested to see who ends up taking this Houston job because obviously Deshaun Watson's locked in there for, he signed a four year extension, but he still had another year left. So I think he's there for another five years, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so Whoever takes over, I would imagine they're going to want to build around that, and they've got some other guys there too. 
but it'll be interesting to see if they decide to re-sign a guy like Will Fuller, if they decide to cut bait on David Johnson after this year, you know, because they can get out of his contract probably. You know, the Texans team could look very different next year. Yeah, they could. They can always trade assets too to get in get more draft picks or whatnot. But <clears throat> yeah, no, it's it's a, it, it can only get better from here. So I think this is their rock bottom. Yeah, you know, at least they just got it out of the way now so they can really take their time of, you know, finding the right guy and you know, just making sure they don't rush the process of hiring a coach and, you know, because now they've got to get a GM and everything too. So this is going to be a lot of work and they're going to have a lot of interviews and a lot of candidates, you know, again, being in Texas, that's that's football country, like that's you know, in terms of a football coach and football players, the fact that they don't have state income tax, you know, like Houston's a desirable place to play because you get to keep a little bit more money in your pocket. So the coaches and the players, you know, free agency like that, that's all going to be part of that. So, um, and I think players would like to play with Deshaun Watson. He's got that kind of status at this point. So it'd be interesting to see if, you know, you're talking about like trading assets, if this is the time where, you know, would they trade a guy like, I don't think you can trade J.J. Watt. You know, he's untradeable, I think. He's done so much for the city of Houston and everything. It's like kind of outside of football, he's untradeable. But he's the one that comes to mind, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if they have a whole lot of, like, really desirable young players or a bunch of draft picks to really, like, they're going to have to – just build their roster the old-fashioned way for the next couple of years, which will probably be for the best long run, you know, for them long term. But we can uh, we can talk more about this too at another point. We're going to talk about the Texans game still. I, I suppose we should now jump into our yeah. first game, which was yeah, which is Cardinals and the Panthers. Um, this was an, another nice game from Robbie Anderson, but another down game for DJ Moore. What's your, what are your thoughts, Fred? I know you're a DJ Moore guy. You, you almost said, what are my excuses? I, I heard it behind your breath. What was it? Uh, he was targeted six times. It just shows that they were obviously staying away from the top corner. Robbie Anderson was targeted 11 times. All right, I you're going to start Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And I was kind of calling him as a wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. But right now he's kind of more of a low-end wide receiver two until he proves it. But as long as the Panthers are losing games, they're going to target him a lot. Chris McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is also out, and I think it's just easier for defenses to focus on the best player on the field. That's most likely why we've seen the 11 targets from Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I think that um... – I mean, it's clear that Anderson and Moore are the top two passing options. Other than Mike Davis, I guess, you know, like it seems like they want to keep using him in that McCaffrey role. So, hey, while he's hot, play him as an RB2 every week. Uh, or sell him. I mean, yeah, if you could sell him, someone sold him for like a second-round pick in I think my dynasty league. So that's, that's a lot for Mike Davis. But, you know, hey, if you got a good month of good usage out of him – if I was a McCaffrey owner, I'd be one to hang on to him. It's good that they finally have a firmly established guy to, because like every time, you know, McCaffrey, you know, you go into a draft, like, well, who's his backup? Who's his handcuff? You know, not that you need his handcuff, but for a guy like McCaffrey, if you're going to invest a lot in them, you're at least going to have that conversation about taking his backup. And a lot of times you didn't even know who it was. It seems that like Mike Davis, 
he's probably going to be the McCaffrey's locked in backup for this year. And I would, I would imagine the team would love to extend him. It just depends on how much he's going to cost. Uh, I think they would use him in a role for the rest of the season. I mean, this team's obviously not going anywhere. Why are you going to risk McCaffrey with a bigger workload when you can just use Mike Davis to kind of spell him a little bit and keep him fresh for next year? Yeah. I mean, he's coming back from a high ankle sprain, so it's not like he's just going to go come back and then play, you know, 95% of the snaps like he usually does, you know, so it kind of makes more sense. You're basically going to have to temper expectations for McCaffrey when he comes back because not only is he coming back, He's, he'll be healthy, but he still very recently dealt with a serious injury, you know. So you're going to have to be careful with him. But I think, like, you just made that point of, yeah, you're really going to have to worry more, more about Mike Davis having a bigger role by the time McCaffrey's healthy. Um, Bridgewater had a nice day. It was nice to see the two passing touchdowns, the rushing touchdowns. He almost cracked 300. Um, so, I mean, I think he's – a an ascending QB two kind of started out as a low end QB two. He's kind of starting to be more mid QB two. We'll see if there's room for growth for a little bit more. Uh, on the other side, um, I know you're a big Kenyon Drake guy. What what are your what are your thoughts for him at this point? Excuses or thoughts? Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you feel like talking about. <laughs> uh, well, Arizona got behind and they had to play catch up most of the game. They didn't need Kenyon Drake. He ran the ball 13 times. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to sell him for pennies, but if you have the opportunity to sell him for an upgrade at running back, maybe you do Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis in a deal to go go to the Joe Mixon owner. But if if you can't, don't sell low. This, this offense is going to click eventually. Um, Kyler Murray's just pre- preferring to run the ball more. It's things are going to open up eventually for Kenyon Drake. Uh, just don't don't sell for pennies. But if you do have the opportunity to sell and get good value for him, absolutely do it. If you're frustrated, I he's a low end. He's a he's a running back too. He's not the running back one we thought he was. He's a running back too. Yeah, I think at this point, I mean, the fact he didn't even see a target. He he left the game, and they said today that he just got the wind knocked out of him. But um, you know, maybe that was precautionary too. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But you know, seeing Chase Edmonds involved in the passing game is is probably what worries me the most. Is that like, yeah, Drake doesn't get a target, but Edmonds got six, but he only got four carries compared to Drake's thirteen. Okay, but still, like Kenny and Drake was supposed to be, this was supposed to be one of like what kept his his floor kind of high was that he still caught a few passes. Not even doing that now, so <clears throat> that that's a little it's it's concerning. I don't think. This could be the worst we're going to see at Kenyon Drake throughout the season. There's a very plausible scenario yeah. that he gets better as the season goes along. But Well, the schedule opens up for him, too. He's got the Jets, Dallas, and Seattle, his next three matchups. Yeah, he's um, – And Miami. I, I, I don't know. If you can go scoop up Edmonds, just keep him on your bench, you know, and just to, to wait and see what happens with this. Then I would be doing it. I don't think Edmonds is going to be available in a lot of leagues. A lot of people are pretty aware of like, yeah. what's going on. There, there's times too where Edmonds and Drake are on the field at the same time too. So yeah. um, I want to see the snap percentage, sixty-three percent snap percentage uh, yesterday. Let me see Edmonds. They're probably about the same. Edmonds was thirty-eight percent. Yeah. So that's still you know two-thirds workload. Right. 
or two thirds time on the field, not workload. Yeah. So, anyways, but other than Hopkins, um, all these receivers are basically getting the same kind of usage: five targets, four targets, three targets, three targets. Like, you know, it's the DeAndre Hopkins is is, is the alpha dog there, and then everybody else is just just depends on what the defense is giving you. They're not really scheming the ball to other other guys in, in the passing game. So yeah, between Christian Kirk, man, he's weird. He's drafted as like a receiver two, three with upside, and he's just been a dud. I'm glad that I didn't really find a way to get my hands on him. I wanted him in a lot of leagues, and it never happened. I'm, I'm, you know, consider that a crisis averted. I thought Fitzgerald would be a little bit better. I mean, he's obviously getting older, and you know, but hey, like two catches for four yards. I feel like he's done that the last couple of weeks. It's not looking good. And Andy Isabella, he had that two-touchdown game a little while ago, but I always knew that that was just going to be one of his better games probably. I don't think he's super involved in the offense just yet. So pretty much steering clear on anyone other than Hopkins. And, I mean, obviously you're playing Kyler Murray. We talked about the running backs. So, Yep. Let's go ahead and jump on over to the Bengals and Jaguars. Bengals 133-25. to 25. Is Joe Burrows going to be startable in quarterback one leagues? Are you comfortable starting him as a quarterback one? I think that he's like got enough upside to score as a QB one, but he's not really like a locked in QB one. That's got room for more, I guess. Like that will obviously come as he gets more seasoning. It'll probably be more like year two, year three, where he's, if he's going to make that jump into being an upper tier quarterback, he'll do it then. So you can use him as a, QB one, but just the fact that he's still a rookie, it's it's still concerning to me. So um, they are letting him throw the ball quite a bit. Another, you know, he thirty six attempts this game. That's not a small amount. Um, so I don't know. I'd prefer him as a QB two for now, just because he's still a rookie, and I'm just not sure what we're going to see the rest of the season. Um, I'll say that I was really happy to see Tyler Boyd's usage at this point. Like he's clearly the number one receiver in the offense. It's just weird seeing AJ Green so uninvolved. I don't know if he's just still getting his, you know, feet back underneath them or something. But like that was kind of yeah. His problem's called D Higgins, dude. T Higgins is outplaying him, man. Yeah. He's running circles around him. Tyler Boyd, he's in a different role. He plays that slot position. So him and AJ Green or. T Higgins, they're going to be on the field at the same time. They really don't eat into each other's usage. So, I mean, I think I'm more comfortable starting T Higgins than I am AJ Green rest of the season. I would say that at least for now, I'm not going to say rest of the season, but it, like the next week or two, I would say, yeah, I probably prefer Higgins over the other guy. Kind of going back to Burrow, I, I feel here's like a better way to, I think, explain how I feel about like, yes, like, is Burrow a QB1? I'd probably say he. He, he's not enough to be like a QB one every week, but because they do pass the ball so much, both of these receivers between Boyd and Higgins are upside plays every week. So I think that's why I'm all in on Tyler Boyd. Right. So I think that like the, the stats will come out more for the receivers than it will for the quarterback, even though he's the one throwing the ball, if that makes any sense, like he's going to lean on these two guys, but even, even if he has a slow day, like these two guys are going to get the ball probably quite a bit. So um, Tyler Boyd at this point, I think, has wide receiver one upside every week. And Higgins, he's 
I mean, his role's been growing. He's been playing more snaps. He only actually played 57% of snaps this last week compared to 81 the week before. But, you know, seven targets, nine targets, six targets. I'm, he's a flex, like a wide receiver four with room to be a wide receiver three for sure. What about my boy Joe Mixon, though? Yeah, Joe Mixon finally had his breakout game. We all knew that it was going to come. We just, you know, had to keep the faith. I think we said it this last podcast that we did, too, going into the games of just keep the faith. He got that big extension. They're going to use him. Don't panic. And, yeah, he comes in with 25 carries, six catches. So he touched the ball over 30 times and uh, three touchdowns. I think that we have a couple more games like this and Joe Mixon this season. He's going to be He's going to be just fine. Oh, absolutely. And he's, his schedule doesn't really open up until after Pittsburgh and the bye week. Um, he plays Baltimore. Indy's tough. Cleveland, he had a tough time against in week two. Plays Tennessee. He's got a bye week. Then he plays Pittsburgh and then Washington. But week 12, 13, 14, and 16, he's got plus matchups. And that's down the stretch, too. So maybe you just... If you can't, if the mixing owner's holding a tight grip on him, like I am still, wait till after these next couple weeks. He might struggle a little bit. You might have a frustrating game here and there. Baltimore's going to be tough for him. You can buy him for the stretch that he's going to have. I mean, the Giants, Miami, and Dallas, and then Houston in week 16 in championship week. Um, I know it's a frustrating game with them, but he's a second-half player, and he showed it last year. Um, this offense is, our, is only going to get better, too. So um, I expect big things from Joe Mixon down the stretch. Uh, right now, he's still going to be hit or miss for this first half of the season. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to bench him if you have him. So no, 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 no. Just don't like, have like ex- expectations of games like this every week, but he's going to get enough volume to where he'll he'll be usable every week no matter what. If you started running back, running back, and he's your second running back, and you have, I don't know, like Zeke Elliott is your first, you know, you're going to be okay. So he's just more of a running back, a strong running back too right now than what he is as an RB1. Hopefully they've seen just in the passing game and that, hey, if we give Joe Mixon the ball 25 times, we're going to beat somebody. And they did. And they've said that over and over again, that, hey, we need to give Joe Mixon the ball. We need to go Joe, Joe Mixon the ball. So, anyways, enough on the Bengals. Let's jump over to Jacksonville. I know you have been have a burning desire to talk about your boy Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he had another big day, 351 pass yards, two touchdowns. So, I mean, he's a QB. I mean, you talk about Joe Burrow being a QB1. I'd rather have Minshew as a QB1 for the rest of the season. Uh, I'd drink for that. He's got a lot. Of, he's just got a, a lot of really good young receivers, too. They got like four or five guys that can kind of mix in and out and – um, you know, James Robinson is having a very, very good season considering he was an undrafted rookie coming in. He didn't score this last game, but still had over 100 yards from scrimmage. So, you know, 21 overall touches. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm playing Minshew most pretty much every week, unless he's got like a really horrible matchup, then I'm thinking about it. But he's like a low end QB1 with upside to be more than that every week. And, and Robinson at this point, he's an RB. He's like a high in RB2. Um, Chark is clearly the top dog and you know over here, kind of like we were talking in Houston, where they get him, they have like Hopkins involved, and it's like everybody else. It's kind of like that in Jacksonville, too. You look at it like nine targets, 
for Chark. He caught eight of them for 95 and two touchdowns. But then you look at LaVisca Chenault, six targets. Keelan Cole, five targets. Chris Conley, four targets, you know. So, and they have D.D. Westbrook as an inactive. So, um, I feel like he'd be active if they didn't have a lot of these talented guys ahead of him. So, I'm probably leaning on DJ Chark. And, I mean, I'm holding LaVisca Chenault in the hopes that he gets more involved in the offense. It seems like they're putting a little bit more on his plate every week. Um, But... You know, I think that they've got a big three quarterback, running back, receiver that I'm I'm comfortable starting week in, week out. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's really not too much on my end to talk about. Yeah. Jacksonville, you covered it pretty good. Gardner Minshew, I'm comfortable. It, he's streamable in single quarterback leagues. Uh, honestly, if I had him and Burrow as my two quarterbacks in single quarterback leagues, I think I'd be okay with that, just streaming them yep. depending on the matchup. Yep, I agree. So DJ Chark, who? All right. What's their what's their schedule coming up? Houston, Detroit. He plays the Chargers, and then Houston, Green Bay. He's got man. He has a really good stretch of games coming up. So yeah, try and buy low on DJ Chark if you have the opportunity. And it's gonna be hard coming off of a ninety-five yard two touchdown game, but yeah, if you can, maybe because he missed the uh, he missed the previous week with an injury. So if people are still scared oh. off by that, then. Get yeah, or the fact that people think, oh, he's a Jacksonville Jaguar. That team sucks. Yeah, There's people that think like that. I'm not even kidding. I mean, this team is a little better than their record suggests. They're still not going yeah, to be one of the better teams in the league this year, but they're competitive. Yeah, there's some people in our audience that they have like Mike Davis in their free agency still. So I was like, man, is this like a four-man league? <laughs> no, it's 12. <laughs> like, what is going on? Right. Like, how many inactives do you have? Right, right. So... But anyways, um, yeah, we can move on over to the Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Cowboys and Browns put up 49 points. That feels like a weird sentence. I'm not used to the Browns being three and one and playing good football. Um, What were your thoughts from this game? (laughs) It's hilarious, man. The Cowboys blew it again. How are you going to give up 49 points to the Browns? And Baker Mayfield only get 14 fantasy points. Baker Mayfield is 100% Kirk Cousins. We're not excited about him. It's low passing volume team. Um, they put up 49 points and only had two passing touchdowns. Well, it's funny. Uh, it's funny you use Kirk Cousins to describe him because look at where his head coach just came from. You know, he's in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins last year, last couple of years. That's why I called him Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways. Uh, burden of the bad news is Nick Chubb. He's out for what four to six weeks with a MCL sprain. Yeah, I think they said it'd probably be like six weeks. We'll have Josh come talk about it. See what the realistic so don't, is. My main take from this is don't go overpay for Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's going to play in the same role that he was uh, that he was in already. They used Darius Johnson, and he actually outcarried Kareem Hunt probably just because his game got out of hand, but. I mean, still 13 carries for 95 yards. He's the other guy that, sh- for me, he's number two on the waiver order. If you lost Nick Chubb, I would try and get Damian Harris first. But, I mean, with Sonny Michelle gone, Damian Harris is a three-week rental. That's half of Nick Chubb's absence. So I would take that. And, you know, at least with Darnish Johnson, I'm not really sure how much they're going to use him. But, I mean, the fact they gave him 13 carries and he had 95 yards is really, really good to see. So, um He's number two on my waiver order. 
So. I thought I had a feeling this was the guy you were referring to earlier when you we talked about um, Damian Harris being the top guy to pick up. Um, little fun fact about uh, Ernest Johnson: he was a running back in the Alliance of American Football, so it's kind of cool to see him. He was one of the few guys that made it all the way back into the NFL, and here he is, you know, potentially looking at a nice role. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Cream Hunt he'll get more usage than he's getting now, but it's not going to be like they're going to go from him getting 11 touches to him getting like 25, that's not going to happen. You know, they'll probably get closer to 15, 18, something still, but um, he's an RB one while Chubb's out for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Odell Beckham, it was nice to see him finally had come out and have a day. He did, he did fine just from a receiving game, you know, receiving perspective, but then he had that huge touchdown run too. So that was, that was really cool to see. And the fact that he caught that, touchdown too from Landry you know boost Landry stats a little bit he hasn't really been playing all that hot so it was nice to see um what did you think of uh what did you think of Dak Prescott's 500 yard game it was good I mean it wasn't good enough to win a football game but I mean we're going to reap the benefits of the Cowboys having a poor defense and Dak Prescott's going to throw forever I mean, Dak Prescott in this offense is similar to how Atlanta is. They're just going to throw, 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 and play catch-up. So um, what would be interesting is, what do the Cowboys in Atlanta play each other at all this year? Uh, that would be amazing. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Nope. No. That, oh, they played in week two. Duh. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That well, is- they weren't known. Well, the Cowboys' defense was somewhat respected in Week Two, still. So, um, but overall, though, what concerns me? I mean, we know Dak is going to throw. He's a quarterback one rest of the season. Uh, that, that's really all we need to say. What concerns me is Michael Gallup. He threw for 500 yards, and he completed 41 balls, and Michael Gallup only had five targets. I think this uh, is why. I think this is why people were scared to take him you know when they were comparing stats of him and amari cooper and everything and showing how gallup you know had basically the same numbers as cooper but was getting drafted way later it's because of this it's i this. was on that train but i was somewhat scared of cd lamb but i was i was more of the cd lamb didn't have the off season to learn the cowboys offense so i was more on the michael gallup for half the season I think that there's still room for all three of them to be productive, but the fact that Dalton Schultz has come on and you could like, Hey, I was not in on the guy at all. I think I was pretty vocal about how I had, I didn't want anything to do with them, but he's really made me like, I'm going to go ahead and eat my words on that one because like he's, he's been involved enough. Like you can literally start considering using him as a tight end one while he's hot, you know, see, yep. you can ride it out, but um yeah, I was wrong about him too. I drank from the same cup, same bowl of Kool-Aid. Yeah, I don't know. It's concerning to see Michael Gallup though not getting enough touches. He's gonna have some big games, I'm sure, but man, Dak Prescott just threw the ball 58 times and he got targeted five times and only caught two of them. But I mean, hey, CeeDee Lamb had a good game. Really nice to see Mari Cooper with a huge game. You know, Zeke got involved from uh from a receiving perspective, eight catches. That was really nice to see. So, hey, man, this, this Dallas offense is ready to roll. And while the defense sucks, you can pretty much fire up your Cowboys every week. Yep. 
I agree. You can fire them all up. And I know it's frustrating to see Zeke only get 12 carries for 54 yards, but what he's missing out on the ground game, he's actually getting in the receiving game. I don't think he's ever had this many receptions in his career. Eight receptions on eight targets. It's pretty solid. So, I mean, he's not running the ball a lot, but he's definitely getting used in the receiving game more than he's ever been before. Yeah, for sure. Um, Go ahead and move on, Dale. Yeah, so we got the next game, which was the Saints who defeated the Detroit Lions. And um, I think, like, it was one of the bigger takeaways of this was, um, you know, seeing DeAndre Swift back involved in the offense. He was someone that disappeared the week before. And, you know, he didn't get too much volume, but none of the running backs really did. Even Peterson didn't do much this week. What'd you what'd you think of uh, Detroit from this uh, from this game? Well, um, it's kind of hard to think anything about them. They scored they scored two quick touchdowns, and then New Orleans scored thirty five unanswered points. Um, <laughs> you're going to start Stafford from here on out, and the Lions have a great stretch of plays or a great stretch of games coming up. They have a bye next week, so I would buy low on Stafford. They play Jacksonville, Atlanta, Indy. Minneapolis, Washington, Carolina, and Houston. That's all the way through week 12. Go by Matthew Stafford, please. I mean, I got offered, I had an opportunity to get Deshaun Watson in a league and replace Matthew Stafford. And I did not pull the trigger because one, it would have costed me my running back depth of Cam Akers and Le'Veon Bell, who are my fourth and fifth running backs in this league. I still declined the trade for Deshaun Watson to get rid of Stafford. I mean, Watson is the definite upside play, but in a single quarterback league, who cares? I'm taking I'm taking the matchups of Stafford. That defense sucks. Yeah, I think that we um, – who did I say this, like, uh, about earlier? Like, was it Kenyon Drake? Like, you know, like, we have, we've probably seen like, – we're going to see better days ahead, you know, like Matthew Stafford. He's had multiple. He's he's thrown multiple touchdowns his past three games. I'm not yeah, worried about it. So he's already doing fine, but like he's yeah. gonna have like he hasn't really hit a. He hasn't had like a huge game just yet. So wasn't uh, this? This is his first game back with Kenny Galladay too. Right. So that's what that's another thing to consider too is that you know they having Galladay back makes a big difference. So I'm sure Stafford. I know you had really high expectations for him going into the year, but. I don't know if he's going to quite hit that, but he's he's going to go back to being, I think, like a, a QB1 all day long. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see Galladay back, although I'll say it's as a Marvin Jones owner, I got him in a couple leagues. He's playing a lot of snaps, not doing almost anything with it, and is starting to get on my nerves. He's, yeah, I don't know. I thought he would have been a low-end uh, wide receiver, too, with Galladay out these couple weeks. But man, I agree. He's He's been a dud. I think I sold at the right time in my dynasty league. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Maybe he's – I mean, he's still playing a lot of snaps, so maybe he just needs to um, just have a lucky day, you know, get back on track. But he's been disappointing. You know, Hawkinson almost had a bad day. The good thing is he caught a touchdown and a two-point conversion to make up for his two catches for nine yards. So – you know, that was, again, with Lions, you know, but Stafford about to have a better schedule passing-wise. I think that all these receivers will benefit. Um, the Saints, 
I don't know. Not looking good for Drew Brees. I feel like his age is starting to show. Like, he's still going to be really efficient. He can still get it done. But I don't know. Like, they're clearly leaning on Kamara at this point. Like, game in, game out. The running game, in, I guess, in particular. I mean, Latavius Murray had 15 touches himself in addition to Kamara's 22. So, you know, they're clearly trying to run the ball right now. What do you think of the Saints? Kamara did not kill Detroit like I thought he was going to. And I finally conquered Alvin Kamara in one league, just one league. So he's, he's burned me in two other ones. So, um, but he still had a great game. Still got a touchdown. I mean, he had 120 total yards, 130 total yards. So, I mean, he's solid. I mean, I, I, I said a couple podcasts ago that he was the RB one rest of the season. Aaron Jones is definitely going to give him a run for his money, but, um, Alvin Kamara and as, as, as often as this team scoring touchdowns, I mean, they had one, two, three rushing touchdowns this, this past week. So, um, yeah, he's, he's RB one rest of the season, not top 12, the RB one, at least yeah. that'll be his finish. Uh, Traquan Smith got in there for two touchdowns. That's kind of more of a, we'll see what his role is when Michael Thomas comes back. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. These guys, there'll be more of wide receiver fives and sixes on deeper rosters than when Thomas comes back. But right now, as long as Thomas is out, you can start these guys on deeper leagues as wide receiver fours, upside wide receiver threes if there's a plus matchup. But uh, Drew Brees is obviously struggling without – I don't think Jerry Cook was active either. So without Jerry Cook and Michael Thomas, yeah, Drew Brees is going to struggle. Yeah, you know, it'll be – helpful for them once they get Michael Thomas back. I mean, they still just scored 35 points. It's not like they're a bad team and they're really struggling, but I guess from a fantasy perspective, Michael Thomas kind of helps keep that, that offense flowing, you know, from a passing perspective and, you know, Kamara can pretty much do anything at this point, but he's, he'll be better when Michael Thomas is on the field too, just because defense has got to pick their poison, you know? So I do agree that Kamara has got that RB one overall, um, um, why don't we go ahead and skip on down to the next game? We got Minnesota at Houston, and we got a win. Got a win, and it ended up with uh, you know costing Bill O'Brien his job, like we talked about earlier. Um, I'll let you go from here. I know you like to you talk about Sean Watson. You talk about the Vikings. Take it from here. Dalvin Cook. He had a great game against the Houston defense. They were. I thought they were a little bit better when they were stuffing Clyde Allaire in week one, but their defense was a little bit softer than what I thought. So Dalvin Cook, man, he bulldozed through them. Uh, he's top five running back rest of the season, as long as he's healthy. Alexander Madison, he got seven carries, but he's always going to get a couple carries here and there. Minnesota's so run heavy. They're, Dalvin Cook's never going to carry 100% of the carries. So um, Alexander Madison, he got the goal line touchdown, whoop de doo uh, write it off. We'll see you another day. Uh, Adam Thielen, he he's alive. He had eight pat. He caught eight passes, 114 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Justin Jefferson, we said last week was his best was going to be his best game, and we were right. That was still his best game. But Justin Jefferson had a great game. But as we were saying about Odell Beckham Jr., when you're only seeing six targets a game, it's it's kind of hard to start you and you know with reliability. Um, you only seen five targets this week and weeks one and two, you've seen three targets. You've seen nine targets in week three. Yeah. Every, every once in a while, you're going to get a couple bones thrown to you. 
Justin Jefferson rest rest of the season as we head through bye weeks. If you play in deeper leagues, and I know injuries are tough, and we're facing bye weeks coming up. It's if you play in your deeper league, you can start him as a wide receiver three. But remember, Minnesota is really run heavy. And don't be surprised if you see those only three target games and he only catches two passes for 20 yards. He will have his blowout games, though. He is a talented wide receiver. I won't take that from him. Yeah, one of the – you know, you talked about a handful of guys there, but one of the guys that um, I'm excited about is Justin Jefferson really getting involved in the offense. <clears throat> I think that's maybe what Kirk Cousins was lacking a little bit there was just having that reliable second receiver like he's had in Diggs, but he just needed to trust Jefferson, who came in very pro-ready – um, according to a lot of you know scouts and everything, he was a lot of people's wide receiver one on their boards, or maybe not wide receiver one, but like in that mid first round conversation where he went a little bit later, I guess. Um, I guess some people did maybe have him as as their wide receiver one. Now that I think about it, um, yeah, Dalvin Cook had his typical typical running back one day, so you can blow him, play him week in week out. Um, nice to see Adam Thielen back doing what he was uh, kind of what I thought he would be doing all year long. He had, uh, had a couple of slow games in there in between, but I think this will be closer to the norm. And I think he can legitimately be a wide receiver one week in week out. I'm over the tight ends though. Like I already wasn't playing Rudolph and man, Irv Smith. I just want to like cut him. I'm not going to obviously got to keep the faith, but man, he's starting to make me mad. It's only year two with tight end. So, yeah. Uh, the Texans, he talked about Watson, you know, he um, he at least cracked 300 yards and had the two touchdowns, but this was not like the biggest day, I guess, we would have expected to see out of Watson considering the Vikings defense is kind of banged up right now. Um, I'll say Will Fuller. I don't know. Like, it's going to be weird with the coaching changes and stuff. I assume they're going to keep the offense mostly the same. <clears throat> I think as long as Will Fuller is healthy – yeah, he could end up being a wide receiver one. He'll probably end up settling more as a wide receiver two. Um, but besides that, I mean, Brandon Cooks didn't even get a catch. Randall Cobb, two catches. I'm sorry for saying Brandon Cooks was a start. Yeah. That was my, that was my F up. I mean, I thought Deshaun Watson was going to have a bigger game. I thought he was going to throw all over Minnesota. And it, it was almost like the Dak Prescott effect. You start everybody. Nope. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just going to pour some milk or pour some soy milk on you later, some soy juice, call it even. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, one of the things that could happen out of all this is that David Johnson could end up being affected. I just get this hunch that David Johnson is going to lose his job as part of this. But not right away. It's going to be over the course of the next few games. We're just going to see less and less of David Johnson. And who's going to run the ball? Because Deshaun Watson's not running the ball, and that's partially what's wrong with his floor in fantasy is he's not running the ball. I don't. I would imagine that you know because there's still 12 games to play. They're not completely checked out on the year, although they're 0 and 4 and are off to a good start. Just fired their coach, but my guess is that like, look, they want to win games. How do we win games? Okay probably letting Deshaun Watson freelance a little bit more like as a runner. So maybe we'll see an uptick in there. Maybe that's where David Johnson's volume gets taken away. Uh, maybe we see a little more Duke Johnson. I don't know, but um, there's just a lot of unknowns, I guess, until we see the Texans with a, uh, with the game, you know, 
with some film with a new coach. We'll see what happens. Uh, we can probably just roll on over to the Seahawks and the Dolphins. And Russell Wilson, although he didn't throw for like four or five touchdowns like he's been doing, he still threw for 360 yards and two touchdowns. Still on a roll. I got to say he's pretty much a league MVP so far four games in, right? Yeah, I'll drink to that. Yeah. Um, Chris Carson left the game with an injury and then came back and still had a day. You know, 16 carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns, and caught three passes too. I mean, he's a running back one every week. Just, yep. There's just, just nothing to really, nothing really to it other than just death taxes. And Chris Carson is an RB one. If you like Aaron Jones, you have to like Chris Carson. Put the ball down the field and throw for a lot of yards. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be in the red zone a lot. They love giving Chris Carson the ball in the red zone, just like the Packers love giving Aaron Jones the ball in the red zone. So. Um, yeah, I'm not a big Chris Carson fan, but his his usage in the red zone and he's catching the ball a lot more than what he did in in the past. So they are definitely using him. So yeah, RB one rest of the season, like you said, Casey. Yeah, you know, um, we're talking about running back ones, and usually Tyler Lockett's a receiver one, and he had this kind of dud of a game. You know, that was kind of weird to just see two catches for 39 yards. Like Metcalf was the one who had the big day and. You know, it seems like those two are both locked in wide receiver. I mean, Lockett's a wide receiver one. I know he had this bad game. He'll be fine. Metcalf, you can play him as a wide receiver two probably, but he has room to be better than that just because Russ is cooking. So, um, you know, I thought Greg Olson maybe would actually have a little bit better season than he's having right now, but I'm ready to just say, like, I don't want any of these Seahawks tight ends. Um on the Dolphins side, it seems like they're getting closer to putting Tua in based off of like some of the coaches' comments today. Um, but Fitzpatrick didn't have a terrible day. You know, he had the 315 yards. They're playing the Seahawks, which are known for having a good defense. But, you know, I don't know. I think we might be seeing Tua here. Red, what do you think? We were talking about this in a text between me, uh, me, you, and uh, Bad Luck Josh. Bad News Josh. Bad News Josh. Bad Luck Josh. He's bad, Josh. Anyways, we were, I was talking about the Dolphins' schedule coming up. He plays San Francisco, Denver, then the Chargers. Those are three really good defenses that he's going to struggle against. Tua, they're still nursing him on this injury, I feel. Do you have any clarity on that? Um, I don't really know anything specific about his hip injury or anything right now. Other than that, like I've been saying it for months that they're going to slow play him. There's no reason – for them to rush him back. If it, if Fitzpatrick is going to be fine as a starting quarterback until two is fully recovered, I feel like he's either coming up on it. I feel like he's, he's got to be like within a month or so of hitting the 12 month mark of his injury, which I feel like will probably be like a very, um, like the team will probably say, look, it's been a full year since he's done this. He's been practicing. He's cleared by the, trainers he's cleared from a you know he's able to practice fully um so that's where i'm thinking like it's going to be about the midpoint of the season you know there's going to be about like eight games in where we start seeing tua but if they really start losing if they're one in five in two weeks and we could see tua you know it could even be after they're one and four we could start we could see him for part of next week and then like him go back to the bench and then and then maybe come back later we'll see 
Yeah, maybe it could be one of those scenarios. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Realistically, though, I don't think we're going to see until after the Chargers matchup. Um, after that, though, he's got the Rams, Arizona, the Jets. They're buying week 11. Then he plays the Jets again. He plays Cincinnati, Kansas City. He plays New England in week 15. And then in championship week, he plays the Raiders. So, man, if they bring in Tua, he's got some plus matchups coming up if uh, he can perform. Yeah, you know, he's got Devontae Parker to lean on. No matter who that quarterback, you can start Devontae Parker as a wide receiver, too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, he's consistent in the sense that, like, it doesn't matter what quarterback you put with him. He seems like he's going to produce something. But he's got upside to be, you know, I think I probably am more comfortable as a wide receiver three with him. But he's he's kind of evolving more into, like, a weekly wide receiver, too. I got to see a little bit more to be comfortable about that. Um, But besides him, like, just – Mike Isicki's had he had that one big game, and other than that, he's done next to no, he's done nothing, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm probably steering clear of most of these other receivers, and even like Miles Gaskin in the backfield is the only running back worth owning. He's a pretty low upside option, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on down to the Buccaneers and the Chargers. Yeah, wasn't that crazy how Justin Herbert was going toe-to-toe with Brady there, you know, and actually had the lead for quite a bit of the game. So that was uh, that was fascinating to see. What did you think about how uh, Justin Herbert played? He played well. He played played against a little bit tougher of a defense. Buccaneers don't have a great, great secondary, but they're obviously a lot tougher than what Carolina was, and Herbert impressed. He only missed on five passes, 290 yards, three touchdowns. He only turned the ball over once. That's a great day from the rookie. That, that's good. I mean, I just don't know what the Tyrod Taylor situation is going to be. I mean, Herbert's definitely put put pressure on the head coach on, hey, man, this, I'm making a push for this job too. I mean, how long are we keeping our guy Tyrod in? I mean, yeah, the coach's excuse is, we're losing games with them, but they're gonna play it safe with Tyrod. Okay, it's his lung. Okay, but it also like they have this kind of built-in reason to slow play him coming back, you know, and let Justin Herbert just kind of just play and see how he does. I think that at this point, it's pretty clear that Justin Herbert's gonna have to keep the starting job. He's playing too well to not get it, but. Until Tyron Taylor's fully healthy, there's no reason to announce that. Just wait until he's healthy and then say it, you know, in case something happens, you know, because maybe Herbert gets injured and, you know, at the, towards the end of, the, of this upcoming game, and then he's going to have to miss some time, and Tyron Taylor was healthy enough to start now. So now they didn't have to make any announcement about their starting quarterback. They could just go switch back over to Taylor because they can. So... Um, probably not going to hear anything from the coaching staff, but I I would consider from a fantasy perspective, Herbert is the quarterback one all, uh, rest of 2020 and beyond, obviously. Yeah. Um, Austin Eckler, he had a, was it a grade two hamstring strain? We'll let uh, Bad News Josh talk about that whenever we talk about injuries next week. Um, Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson are going to share that workload. Neither of them are going to get a bulk of it. It's, I think it's going to be split 50, 50. Both of them aren't the best of pass catchers. They were both kind of 
I felt like they were both fighting for that Austin or that Austin Eckler, that old Melvin Gordon role when the season started. And that was the, that was the role Kelly was playing. But now that Jackson's healthy and I think these guys are just going to split everything 50, 50 down the middle. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, most likely, you know, it's, it's a bummer that, you know, Eckler got hurt and, you know, he was just had that game the previous week where he was finally getting involved in the passing game. Again, you know, 11 catch game. Um, but yeah, I think that between Jackson and Kelly, they're going to just, Kelly's probably a little bit more upside just because he's been more involved in the offense early on. That's partially because Jackson was injured, but uh, I mean, they're both flex play. Like maybe Josh Kelly is RB2, but I, I got to see it first. I'm, they're both flex plays at best. It's going to, I expect Kelly to probably end up being the one that is like a high end flex, low RB2, and Jackson will just be kind of like a, a low end flex option. Um, between the receivers, I mean, shoot. Keenan Allen had 12 targets. Nobody else had more than like one, I think, other than Hunter Henry. Um, XFL tight end Donald Parham have to make a little comment there. Caught a touchdown. That was really cool. Um, but he's not a fantasy guy. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe Mike Williams comes back and and puts a dent into this passing game. But I mean, I'm definitely playing Keenan Allen every week. He only had 62 yards on eight catches, but he had 12 targets. So uh, it's definitely someone you're going to use every week. Um, on the other side of the ball, Brady had this huge five touchdown game, 369 yards, finally kind of getting into a rhythm. But Rojo had the nice game, 111 yards and had six catches. What do you think of that? He did so awesome with those six catches, man. 17 receiving yards. Uh, Woo, Rojo, baby, let's go. Uh, he sucks in the receiving game. Drop some ugly. Ugh. I didn't even see the drops. I didn't even see the drops. Uh, we had the other game on the TV, and I had uh, they were on uh, our local station, so I wasn't able to get it on my iPad for four games I watched. So, but I didn't see the drops. I just seen the final stat line. I was just like, whoo! Even when you had that whole roll to yourself, you still suck in the receiving game. So, um, yeah, when Leonard Fournette comes back, that's going to kind of be more his role. Rojo will still be catching balls out of the backfield, but we're not going to see nine targets again out of the backfield. Um, if you got an opportunity to sell them, sell them. If not, this backfield is going to just be 50-50 between Rojo and Leonard Fournette. They'll just ride the hot hand as the game rolls, and that'll be that. Keyshawn Vaughn, yeah, look good for the rookie, but I think Arians, he typically doesn't like rookies, and he really doesn't like the, t uh, the tight ends either. I mean, yeah, two of them caught touchdowns today, but, man, you're – I know a lot of you guys were banking on Rob Gronkowski to have this great season. And man, we've seen Leonard Fournette out. We've seen Chris Godwin out and Rob Gronkowski had three targets, three targets. Um, yeah. OJ Howard, he ruptured his Achilles. He's out for the season. I'm still not in on Rob Gronkowski. I really hope everybody listened to me when I said I am not into Rob Gronkowski this year. I feel like he's going to be someone that it'll be later on down the line. He's still just getting back into playing football. And like now here's a very tangible way for him to start getting more involved. I'm still holding out hope that Gronk's got something in him, but I'm not playing him until he's 
puts up a good game. Uh, you sound like someone I once knew last year that believed in OJ Howard. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just get the sense that they didn't bring in Gronk to be a blocking tight end. Like I know that's what the coach said the other day. He's full. Of, he's full of shit. Like that's not what's going to happen. Like he's going to end up being a receiver in the second half of the season or something like that. They. It's. He's just got to make sure that he's ready to block so that when the playoffs come. He's not just been catching the ball all year long. Like he's got to be legitimately unretired and be playing tight end at a high level. So I'm buying low on him. Yeah, I would say that. You know, especially with these receivers keep getting banged up. You know, it's just like, yeah. But yeah, between uh, the rest of the Buccaneers, I think you can play Tom Brady every week. You know, he's he's gonna have big games like this more often than not. I feel like he just had to shake off some of the rust. He even had a pick six in this game, but he's gonna be fine. I'm not really worried about any of the other. Uh, like, Kashawn Vaughn played a little bit and had a touchdown. I'm not worried about him. LaShawn McCoy, not worried about him. I think he's injured anyway. Um, Leonard Fournette's supposed to come back from an injury. But after a game like this, you know, Rojo's still going to get the, the ball on the ground. Maybe Kashawn Vaughn starts taking over McCoy's role in the passing game because McCoy ain't getting it done. But, um, yeah, most of these Buccaneers, I'm, I mean, Mike Evans are playing every week. He had a huge game. If Chris Godwin comes back and playing him every week. I'm playing most of the Buccaneers right now. Yeah, Brady's on a little hot streak right now. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on down to Baltimore and your favorite football team. Yeah, Washington football team. Not my favorite team. Don't they have the best colors in the NFL? Their jerseys are so legit. And their logo, a W, man. Because <laughs> it's the opposite of what they do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what did you think of... Lamar Jackson finally getting right, you know, had that big rushing touchdown. He had a couple passing touchdowns. Threw for 193 yards, two touchdowns, hit seven carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. With 25 fantasy points, and he only threw the ball 21 times. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's still quarterback one rest of the season. No, no really, no deep analysis we really need on L. Jax. Uh, he had a bad week last week. Everyone has a bad week. Tyler Lockett had a bad week. So uh, just let it flow down the river and start again next week. Mark Ingram. He's just a low inflex right now. J.K. Dobbins, you can't really start. Um, with the low pass attempts, it's hard to trust more than one receiver with Baltimore at the moment. Brown, yeah, he had 86 receiving yards on, you know, four receptions, but he's just kind of that boom-bust guy. and You know, 10 fantasy points, that's really not going to give you that upside. You've got Mark Andrews. That's the wide receiver one for this team, and, it's just hard for me to start Malcolm Brown. I'm not denying the talent by any means. He's going to have his blow-up weeks. Uh, Hollywood Brown, you're right. Um, I've seen Malcolm Brown. I was thinking of the uh, the next game on the list was the Rams. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, it's just hard for me to start Hollywood Brown as a wide receiver. It's, he's just a low-end wide receiver three for me at the, at the moment. Um, you're really starting Lamar Jackson with confidence, and you're starting Mark Andrews with confidence. Everyone else is just you better you're better off with other options. Maybe you use Hollywood Brown in a deal with Kenyon Drake to go maybe buy low on McCaffrey if the, the guy's panicking on McCaffrey or something. Yeah, yeah, potentially uh, I can see that scenario. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that Mark Andrews is the wide receiver one here, and he only had three targets this last game, but he made the most of them. He caught two touchdowns, so I'm definitely um, on the Mark Andrews train for sure. Um, I'm probably, you know, you're, you're kind of like a little nervous to play Marquise Brown. I'm still, 
I'll, I'll put him out there one more week, see what happens. But yeah, I'm starting to lose the faith a little bit. Like he's, I think he's going to be one of these guys that's more talented in real life than he is in fantasy. So it's, you know, discouraging. Um, you know, Washington. I'm, I'm, I was already not in on Dwayne Haskins, and he had a rough matchup this week. He didn't even play that bad, actually. Everyone was talking about maybe this was a week he'd get benched for Kyle Allen. But Antonio Gibson, he had a big game. 17 touches, 82 receiving yards, 46 rushing yards, touchdown. What you think of that? Well, in that league where I have Antonio Gibson as my second running back, where I won't touch Devontae Freeman. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, solid game, 20 fantasy points. Uh, he went against the Baltimore Ravens defense. Um, they're starting to use him more. I'm not going to bank on him winning. I'm not going to bank on him on his rushing totals to win me my week. I'm more relying on him as a receiver at this point. So, but it's obvious he's the only option in Washington. I mean, Peyton Barber touched the ball three times and that was it. The rest was Gibson. So, I mean, you're starting Gibson as a flex. But remember, Washington sucks. He's going to get his points in the receiving game. And probably next season, you might see another running back there that's going to be probably the primary ball carrier and Gibson catch the ball out of the backfield. The guy, though, to talk about that's matchup proof is Terry McLaren. 10 catches, 118 yards. Wasn't he questionable like a game time decision? He came in and he played against a, Ra- a great Ravens defense, and he owned it. He crushed it. I benched him in one league because of that injury, but I replaced him with Odell Beckham, who I was going to bench, so I was actually okay with that. Um, but, yeah, he's, I mean, 14 targets, 10 catches. He, this guy is locked in wide receiver one. really doesn't matter who the quarterback is, what the situation is. He's really the only one worth using probably out of Washington's receiving game, you know, just they keep talking Logan Thomas up and it's never going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, McLaurin, wide receiver one. Gibson, like you said, maybe low end, running back two. You know, maybe has some room to be a little more, but he's certainly got, you know, some some downside to him because he plays on a bad team too. You could have one of these games where he has, you know, 12 carries for 20 yards and five catches for 10 yards, you know. I'm not going to waste any more time talking about useless players on Washington. So let's go ahead and move on down to the Rams and the Giants. Let's talk about your Rams, Casey. Let it rip. Yeah, this was kind of an ugly game from them, you know, because they're playing the Giants, who are one of the worst teams in the league. But they do have a creative defensive coordinator, and you know, they've got some good defensive linemen there, like Dexter Lawrence. But, you know, the Giants are not really a team to be all that scared of, so it's weird to see them only score 17 points, uh, especially since they're playing at home, too. I don't know if it was just the fact that they couldn't really get the run game going consistently, um, you know. No one really had a big day. A Cooper Cup had a nice had a nice game, I guess. Um, but everybody else kind of struggled across the board from the Rams' offense. Defense played lights out. You know, I kept cracking up all uh, all game long about how like Daniel Jones wasn't going to make it out of that game alive. You know, he got a hit just over and over and over. I think he got sacked five times, but he certainly got hit a lot more than that. Um, so yeah, I think better days are ahead. I think the biggest thing was. You know, Daryl Henderson was supposed to have this big game in a good spot, and he didn't. You know, in fact, he actually didn't play all that much compared to Malcolm Brown. I was disappointed because I played him in a couple leagues. When Cam Akers comes back, that 
I don't even know what to do. That's going to be a backfield you don't start. And unfortunately, you're just going to have to take the L when you figure out which running back is the clear back when McVay said today that Akers will play this week, so that we're already back. To well, we're going to find out, but I'm benching all of them until we find out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere near it. I'm not going anywhere near the Giants' backfield. Um, I'm confident in the Rams' backfield, but it's just too murky right now. The, the Giants' backfield, there's no talent back there. Devonta Freeman, he looked great in the receiving game, but that's all you're going to get out of him. He's just a poor man's Antonio Gibson at this point. Uh, everyone else in the receiving game on the Giants sucked except for Golden Tate getting thrown out of the game. That was probably the highlight of all the Giants. So uh, Cooper Cup on the Rams side, he got a, he's, his day was saved on the 55-yard touchdown. Other than that, the other four passes went for 19 yards. His reception's nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a real low depth of target there. So that's that's interesting. Robert Woods, same thing. Man, did just he just did not throw down the field at all. And oh, by the way, your boy Tyler Higby's starting to piss me off. Yeah, he's someone that is uh, stressing me out too. I think I've only got him as a starter in like maybe one league, but uh, he had that really big game, and I thought like, okay, here it is. You know, I'm not saying he was going to do that every week, but he had this little coming out game for this season. And I don't know. I mean, for what it's worth, all of them struggled this. All the Rams struggled offensively this last game, so I don't know if it was a Higby problem, but he definitely needs to step it up. I'll say, like, for Evan Ingram, it was nice to see 10 targets, although he didn't do much with it. I mean, that's a sign of good things, but I really don't want any other receivers. I don't want any of the running backs. I probably don't even really care to play Evan Ingram, but for people that dropped yeah. him as a tight end one, he's he's got some value still. Yeah, I categorized him in the everybody else sucks, so – yeah. Forgive me if I didn't mention him, but he was categorized in that. But again, based off where you did draft him, you unless you got another option, but you're starting him because you took him in the fifth, sixth round in Colts and the Bears. And Colts. Oh, I don't want to talk about that game either. Holy yeah, crap. This one was a bit of a snooze fest. There really wasn't much to see here. Um other than Allen Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, Allen Robinson had a really nice day, but that's about it. Like Rivers didn't do a whole lot. Foles did even less, you know, maybe less. I don't know. Um, Jonathan Taylor never really got going. Neam Hines didn't do anything. David Montgomery didn't really do much. Um, I mean, maybe. Allen Robinson, wide receiver one, rest of the season. I mean, I think, like, at this point, Anthony Miller, you, you know, no need, to, no need to keep hang on to him. Uh, Daryl Mooney, you know, he had nine targets. This is one of the reasons why you could probably drop Miller is because he seems like he's coming on a little bit. I'm not picking him up with, like, my highest priority waiver, but I've got my eye on him. Um, I mean, Miller Cox only had the one catch for the touchdown, but he's he's having a nice season. I don't know. I just get the sense that maybe we'll see a little more of him as the season goes on. Um, they got Trey Burton back, but. I think that they're still going to find a role for Mo Alley Cox for some reason. Yeah, I agree. With that said, we covered everything in depth for the. Yeah, that was a pretty short. Let's just go ahead and skip on down to the more interesting game, the Bills and the Raiders. I actually sat down and watched this game with my father-in-law. He's a, he's a Raiders fan and I was at a, a gender reveal party. So I was grateful. I got to watch football while hanging out over there and, but uh, no, uh, it was 
Derek Carr threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns. He had a good fantasy day. So, I mean, I think we – what we say? He was a streamable quarterback too last week? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what we said. Yeah, so he did okay. You know, I, honestly, I don't even think I said that. I was really down on him because he had, like, nobody for receivers. So, yeah, no, that's really good for him to actually play against the Bills defense. Yeah, he did okay. You know, 23, uh, 23 fantasy points, that's pretty solid. So, everybody else, I'm not really touching in the receiving game. Even when Ruggs and Brian Edwards are healthy, they're just more guys to keep on your radar. Darren Waller, nine catches, 88 yards. He had a good bounce back game. I mean, he was removed from the Patriots game from Belichick. So um, Travis Kelsey got the same treatment today. He he got lucky on a deep pass, but that was it. So, but yeah, Darren Waller bounced back. And Josh Jacobs, you have to start as a running back one every week. Other than that, I'm not really intrigued by anybody on the Raiders. Yeah, I think I made a comment last week. I had a feeling that Nelson Aguilar might do something, and he four catches, 44 he yards, did. touchdowns. So it wasn't a big day, but he did. You know, he was kind of involved. Um, Hunter Renfro seems like if there's any receiver to own, it's going to be him. The thing is, is that like he's just a slot receiver though. He doesn't play all over the place, and so um, you just got to know that with him. But he gets enough volume to be like a like a wide receiver, low end wide receiver three or a flex. You know, if you need it. Um, Cole Beasley has. You know, he only had four targets, but he's he had a nice game last week. He had a nice game this week. He's you know, he's doing okay. You know, he's someone that you can keep your eye on, I guess. Um, if you need to throw someone in there, he's probably got about the same upside as Hunter Renfro does, maybe you know, somewhere around that. Um Stephon Diggs had a nice game though. What you what you think about him? you know, he seems like he's I had a feeling that there would be like a little bit of a transition period for him you know, before he really started popping off, but he's had a really solid season so far. Yeah. Um, even when he was in Minnesota, he was a little disgruntled receiver over there, but he did have a season where he caught a hundred balls and this was a run first team. So now they're over here with Josh Allen. He's not afraid to rip it downfield versus Kirk Cousins is a little bit more conservative. I called for some inconsistency with Stefan Diggs, but I mean, Eight receptions, eight receptions. He had a down game against the Rams, and I'm pretty sure that was the Ramsey treatment. And then six receptions last week. I mean, he's cleared 100 yards twice. And week one, he had 86 uh, receiving yards, and that was his first real NFL game in a new offense with a quarterback that he had very little time to get chemistry with. So, I mean, he's a wide receiver one rest of the season. I mean, he's the wide receiver five right now in PPR. Yeah, that's – um kind of you know it surprised me he's been he's been a wide receiver one all year long so yeah i'm definitely you know holding on to him um Devin singletary he had a nice game too and he's still not really competing with i think no, no other running back even got a touch so well zach moss was inactive with the turf toe right yeah that, i mean that'll obviously change when zach moss comes back but singletary he had a he had a nice game, and I mean, he was a, the back that I prefer to own between between all them, you know, too. And he had a nice game last week too. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely starting Devin Singletary, especially while Moss is out. You know, Josh Allen still going to steal a lot of those goal line touchdowns. He did it. Again, he did again. You know, he finished with three carries for negative one rush yard and a touchdown. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, um, but yeah, I think that. Uh, Singletary, he's in for some bigger games down the road, too. Yeah. 
Let's go ahead and move on down to the Sunday night game, Philadelphia and the Niners. Yeah, Nick Mullins had a trash game, and they had a bench in for C.J. Beathard, who kind of got things moving. But, um, you know, I think the only – well, I'm not going to say the only. You know, like Brandon Ayuk had that big rushing touchdown. That was cool. That saved his fantasy day. I was going to say, though, um, you know, I think we, we know who the, who the best tight end in the league is in George Kittle. Uh, that was insane. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew he was going to have a big game because uh, Philadelphia gave up the three touchdowns to Higby now. I mean, rightfully, George Kittle's a top tight end every week, but I did say he was going to be the tight end one this week. And he went off 10 receptions. Solid. Yeah, and uh, uh, I was going to say, Cannon had a nice game, too. was really involved in the passing game and the run game. So, you know, if these nine running backs stay out, you can play McKinnon as an RB, too. I feel like he's kind of like in that Mike Davis situation. Yeah, uh, Jeff Wilson really didn't touch the ball either, so – uh, Brandon Ayuk, he had a nice touchdown. Uh, he only caught the ball twice, though. Debo Samuel, they eased him back in, or they eased him back in, yeah. Uh, he had three receptions, 35 yards. Mm. He'll get more used down the stretch, so um, they're going to ease him in. So uh, I like Debo Samuel as probably a wide receiver four right now, but they used him quite a bit last year down the stretch, and he had some good games in the playoffs, so. Uh, Debo Samuel is someone to keep an eye on, and he's been on IR all year, so try and go buy low on him before he has a good game. Yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, what you think of Carson Wentz? I dropped him. <laughs> so he's, I mean, he's thrown to receivers that I've never even heard of. It's getting ridiculous now. I've never seen so many scrubs, you know, this early in the season out yeah. there running routes. So the O-line play is not good either. Miles Sanders is struggling. I mean, they won the game, and Sanders carried the ball 13 times, 46 yards, two catches, 30 yards. I mean, it's you would think in a game where they won, they probably run the ball more. Or even in a game where it's close, you think they would feature him more in the pass game, especially with receivers missing. You know, he's a guy with familiarity in the offense. So right now he's more of a back-end running back one maybe high-end running back, too, until we see this team start scoring touchdowns. Carson Wentz needs to hit a stride, maybe, and probably have these defenses play on us because maybe that's what it is. They hone in on Zach Ertz, and they just focus on the run. You know, they don't have really anybody else that's a threat. Yeah, I think that uh, Miles Sanders is going to struggle while that line's beat up and while they got no receivers to throw to. I mean, Zach Ertz, you know, even though he had, you know, five – Targets, he only had four catches for nine yards. He got the two-point conversion to save him a little bit. But, I mean, they're just – it's hard to have faith in this offense. You know, they're they're pretty beat up. So, I'm going to go ahead and probably steer clear. I mean, I'm playing Sanders and Ertz, but that's probably it. Yeah. So, let's go ahead and move on down to the first Monday night game. Yeah, we just uh, had this game – Finished up a little while ago. We had the Patriots and the Chiefs, who the Chiefs ended up beating up 26. I mean, this was kind of a weird game for the Patriots, right? They lost Cam Newton with COVID, you know, just a couple days ago, and they had to, you know, reschedule this game. And they flew to Kansas City today. You know, they didn't get to stay the night there and get a good, good night's sleep or anything. So they took two different planes. Yeah, it was just a weird setup. And, they, you know, kudos to them for making the best of the situation. But I don't think that this – it just didn't 
you go through a whole week of practice and then all of a sudden you're going to switch your whole starting quarterback and then switch the day of the game. Like that's just kind of, that's rough. I'll say it was good to see Damian Harris involved, right? Coming off uh, IR, he had a hundred rush yards. So we were talking earlier about how he's probably going to be the number one waiver wire pickup for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I need to get this edited and put out today. I can't sleep on this one. (laughs) So yeah, no, Damian Harris, he's, he's someone that can be relief as we come into bye weeks, as we come into more injuries coming, and unfortunately, as more teams have run-ins with COVID. So Damian Harris, buy low on the guy. I know there's a lot of buy low guys, and I don't know how many trades you guys can make, but, <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to throw options at everybody. I mean, Damian Harris, he's, he's number one on the pecking order for me for the – uh, for waivers, you can still play James White too. He had eight targets, seven catches. You know, only thirty-eight. Yeah, he targets, did. But he'll he'll score here and there too. You know, um, the rest of the receivers. I mean, Demir Bird did a little bit tonight, but that's probably just because he's familiar with you know Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer both played. Bird actually plays with the first team too, I guess, but um, so he doesn't strictly practice with the backups. But I think he has spent time with them, so they're probably a little more comfortable throwing to him. Um, Edelman and Kill Harry. Harry had the touchdown, so that helped, but they'll both have better games in this, too. On the Chiefs side, hey, Mahomes, you know, he was kind of slowed down by that Patriots defense a little more than, you know, I think people were maybe expecting. So, uh, but it's the Patriots still. So he still had a, a good enough day to get you by almost, you know, he had 236 yards and two touchdowns. So no turnovers. Um, Looks like uh, Clyde edwards helaire didn't do too much. I mean, you'll probably have better days, too. I mean, the, across the board, I think most of the Chiefs struggled. They, Tyree Kill had the touchdown. Nicole Hardman had a touchdown. But, I mean, even Travis Kelsey, he only had three catches for 70 yards. But, you know, three catches, you could tell they did their best to shut him out today. The Chiefs will all have better days ahead. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about the running back situation before we started recording tonight on how I thought the Chiefs are missing a goal line running back. I mean, Clyde Allaire is getting stuffed quite a bit at the goal line. I don't think that's his fault, really, but I really feel like I think you had said it, Casey, was like an Adrian Peterson back there. And with the Lions have all three of these running backs, it would not surprise me to see the, see the Chiefs go get someone from the Lions. They don't even have to be the Lions either. They're just kind of an example, but um, you can – see the Chiefs go get someone to help out on these goal line carries. I feel like that's the only really thing that's missing from this Chiefs offense. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see them go make a move for like a power running back. That would be helpful. I think they're missing, like we talked about that, Damian Williams plays in the red zone a lot, you know, and that's not really the case right now with him being opted out. So they're going to have to do something. I was saying how I was – when Adrian Peterson got cut by Washington earlier, I was hoping that he'd go sign with, you know, maybe the Chiefs that that would be fun, you know, so he can be that compliment to Clyde edwards helaire But, you know, he's got that starting job over in Detroit. So, um, well, I mean, we have the – that was basically the last game other than, like, the game that's going on right now. It's the end of the third quarter. Packers are up 27-9. to Aaron Rodgers has four touchdown passes, and three of them are to Robert Tanyan. <laughs> receiving yards is wild. Um, you know, then we've got Aaron Jones, who's you know, he's got a receiving touchdown too. You know, Aaron Jones is gonna score pretty much every game. Um, but with 
you know, Devontae Adams being out seems like they got their guy involved. This Tanya, man, like he's uh he's tearing it up. Yeah, the running back position always catches passes too when Adams is out. Jamal Williams has six receptions. Aaron Jones has six receptions as well. But yeah, no, Tanya, man, he came out of nowhere. Three touchdowns. I was like, oh, okay, Tanya caught a touchdown. You know, cool deal. And we're recording, we're recording, we're recording. And I turn and look, oh, okay, Tanya caught another touchdown. Okay, I'll keep that in my back pocket. And then, hey, Tony caught his third touchdown of the game. I'm like, okay, man, I'm tired of seeing this guy's name. Is it more weird or less weird that Robert Tanyan has three touchdowns or that Calvin Ridley doesn't have a catch? Uh, Yeah, in a game that Julio Jones is active too. It wouldn't surprise me if Julio Jones wasn't active, but – I don't know. That's that's concerning. I think they seen uh, he they just threw to him right now, and I think they said that was his first target since the first drive of the game. Yeah, well, he was uh, dealing with an ankle injury coming into this game, so my guess is that like he must be dealing with that a little more serious than, than usual or than what we expected. So, He's gonna miss time. Watch. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, Julio Jones ain't having a good game either, though. I mean, across the board, the Falcons—they've only got nine points. You know, Matt Ryan's having a, a tough game. Todd Gurley at least got the touchdowns, got 50 rushing yards. But besides that, everyone's kind of struggling over there in Atlanta. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to pretty much wrap it up, though. Yeah, that'll wrap things up. Um, shout out to our sponsors, Agland Protective Services and Deruta Farms. Appreciate you guys. Uh, next time we'll have Josh back on. Uh, bad, bad news, Josh. Uh, bad news, Josh. So you come on and talk to us about all the bad news of the football injuries going on this week. Um, talk about some of the previews of the games too, and then we'll be back later this week. Um, probably we'll have Garrett on that time too. So, uh, with that, Red, any last thoughts? Drink your milk, obviously. All right. Drink your milk. Until next time, guys. Peace out. <laughs>